Beautiful. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Law of Attraction Life Coaching Podcast. I'm Laura, and I'm here today with Deborah from Mystic Wolf Soul Crafts. And Deborah does an array of things with her business, and I've also been on her podcast as well. So I sort of return the favor and, and have her um, come on to my podcast so we can have a little bit of a talk about her a little bit more. Um, Deborah, tell everybody about what you get up to with your business. Uh, hi, everyone. <laughs> uh, I do all kinds of stuff, and sometimes I wonder if maybe I do too much, but I guess my intuition keeps telling me, no, just just do all the things that, that make you feel good because people are waking up to their multidimensional being, like reality, basically. They're waking up to their intuition, and um, what I do, what my main passion is, is uh, my Akashic Records readings. And uh, I'm a painter. So what I do is I, I call them Akashic Portrait Readings. And they're basically portraits that I offer, multidimensional portraits of um, whatever comes up during your Akashic Records reading. So for one person, it may be a spirit guide, a cosmic spirit guide from another star system that is guiding you in this lifetime and that guide may have a message for you and in the portraits there are also activations basically that are in the portraits when you look at the portrait so what i also tell my clients is when you have a portrait from me you get the reading you get the portrait and you get a guided meditation because it's always a good idea to look at the portrait before you close your eyes and meditate because you will integrate the activations it's basically like a visual thing it's an it's all kinds of like everything combined basically and that yeah i kind of rolled into doing that i don't i don't even know how that happened it's not like i woke up one day and i said i'm gonna be an akashic records portrait artist <laughs> so that's one thing i do um i also have a spiritual motherhood group um on facebook it's a group for women that are on a spiritual journey and that have children that you can tell that they're different. Like the new earth children, basically the crystal children, the indigo children. Mm -hmm. So I, I host a group for women like, um, and I'm also going to be like doing more one-on-one -on -one stuff for these women, these parents that need help with their children. And um, yeah, that's basically mainly what I do. And I'm also working right now on a little course in intuitive development like fine-tuning your intuitive abilities and offering that in the future sounds so and what i do so how did you get into i mean for explain i don't know a huge amount about the akashic records um uh and it would be interesting to sort of talk about that a little bit i mean it's something that seems to be quite new in the zeitgeist really that is something that suddenly sort of popped into um people's kind of field of vision as it were um, where has this come from for you? Um, what's your understanding of what it is? Um, can you explain to the listeners? Because probably for most of my listeners, they've probably never heard of it, uh, to be honest. <laughs> um, yeah. Can you explain the Akashic Records for, for us? Uh, yeah, like, like I said, it's not like I woke up one day and I said, oh, my, my job later is going to be an Akashic Records reader. <laughs> mm. No, I, I actually, I've always been spiritual, kind of like into witchcraft and, and paganism and all that stuff, fairies and stuff like that. And I was always intrigued by spirituality growing up. And I, I did have psychic abilities as a child, but then I shut all that down. I wanted to fit in with everyone else. You know how it goes. You just want to have friends, be normal. And uh, then I got married, I went to college, got married, had had a daughter. So I was living a pretty normal average life. But then um, my marriage was, was failing. Like I was going through a dark night of the soul is what they call that. When you, you basically have a midlife, a spiritual midlife crisis, basically. And um, I started having very vivid... Um, like flashes, uh, like visions almost, mm -hmm. that I, I would be talking to my husband, we would have a conversation, and suddenly I was somewhere else, and it's like time slowed down, and I was in a completely different environment. I don't know if, you, if you've ever watched The Flash, that show on TV, The Flash. Anyway, for those people listening, he slows, like he goes really fast, and his environment slows down, and he sees all kinds of stuff, but people around him are like frozen. They're just frozen in time and he experiences all kinds of stuff. 
that's what it's, it was kind of like. I was having these experiences and it was like I was in a different time. Like timelines were overlapping, basically. Like a situation, like a conversation that I was having would trigger a memory of a past life. Mm-hmm. And uh, in a similar situation in that past life. And I would see it overlapping with this current, like the situation that was going on. Like I would see the two situations happening at the same time. And it started happening more and more. And I started Googling it. I'm like, am I going crazy? Maybe I'm schizophrenic. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> started reading about it. And then I started seeing details like the, how people were dressed, how I was dressed, the way I looked. And I don't know if this is audio only or if you're doing a video, video too. Yeah. Anyway, this, I don't know if you can see this. That's the image out for me. I don't, hopefully everybody else can see of you. <laughs> but uh, Karen, hopefully we'll pick up your video feed again in a moment. Oh, I don't know what's going on. That's what I think it's a Wi-Fi yeah. issue. <laughs> yeah, but you can hear me anyway. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, I saw myself as this witch, like a witch druid type lady with um, like Viking, like a Viking type of outfit and. Um, well, not really Viking, but like really Celt- like Celtic Viking type of clothing. Mm-hmm. And my husband, like I knew somehow I knew this other person was my husband in this lifetime. And then he, he like I could tell his energy. That was the same person I was talking to, but he looked completely different. And he yeah. was dressed like some kind of like warlord or some kind like a warrior type of outfit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. And I started writing everything down. I started writing down all the details, like the way he was dressed, all the stuff, everything. And then I started Googling all that stuff. And and I would find like, okay, this was actually clothing from the year 356. And that that's like typical for that tribe over there or these people over there. And I found all kinds of details. And... Um, yeah, I, and then more past lives started like coming up for me, and then I started having contact with like uh, spirit guides, cosmic spirit guides, and I started uh, researching all of that. And then I did well because I was like, okay, definitely, there's something going on. Mm. Some like gifts are coming back online, and I had to real, I had to recognize that okay, uh, all that stuff that I was trying to push away for years is is it's basically all bottling up again because it's wanting to be heard all these gifts they're wanting to be expressed and then I found a mentor and uh, started training my intuitive abilities again and embraced that that I needed to do something with all of this and I was so intrigued by all this past life knowledge that started coming up again and these these cosmic spirit guides that were making themselves known I said I can't be the only person that's going through this and there have to be more people that, that are intrigued by all of this stuff. Mm. And uh, I've always been been a painter. I went to, uh, to an art academy and um, then, then I, well, I stopped painting when I had kids because I was like, yeah, can't really make any money painting. Uh, and, and with these kids running around, I can't really paint anyway. And then, like, I started talking to my guides, and they were like, you have to start painting. Paint, we want to be painted. You can paint us, this and that. You see us in your mind's eye, paint us. So I started painting them. Mm-hmm. And um, and then, okay, I, I posted my, my pictures online on my Facebook account, and my friends were like, oh, my God, that's amazing. Can you paint my guide? Can you paint my past life? So I started painting for friends. Mm-hmm. And... Um, yeah, and they all loved it, and and then they would all like report back to me that they started meditating with the paintings and how it helped them, and that I should start offering this to more people. And I said, okay. In the beginning, I was kind of insecure. Like, are you sure? Are you sure? Isn't it just a coincidence? Maybe you were already connecting to your guide anyway. But then more and more people started saying how it was helping them that I kind of like activated something for them by offering this this painting to them. So I was like, okay, I, I it seems like this is what I have to do because this is really helping people. And yeah, hmm. that's kind oh, of... How, did, how were they reporting that the, the, the pictures were helping them? What kind of things were they getting? What, how was that aiding them? 
this they started seeing their guides for themselves because sometimes they would meditate and they would feel a presence around them but they couldn't really see like they didn't really have an image of their guide and often once they have the image in front of them like i present them with the image then they can connect to the visual aspect of their spirit guide and they'll start seeing them that's what happens for a lot of people that's very interesting i mean when you have these how how do you um get the imagery i mean i've seen some of your uh, some of your work um, and some of them seem to be kind of uh, almost sort of alien-like creatures. Other of them are sometimes kind of like mythical creatures. I saw that you did one of like a unicorn recently. Um, how yeah. are you envisaging uh, these these images? Well, yeah. Basically, what I do is um, I connect to Archangel Michael. That's always the first person uh, I connect to. And then I'll connect to the person's energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I connect through a picture. I ask them to give me their full name and a picture because their full name is basically like the, the universe's signature of the, this is you, like your thumbprint, that's who you are. Yeah. And then I yeah. get a connection from like their energy and I start tuning in and I ask their field, basically their, their spirit team who would like to step forward at this time who has a message that's important for this person right now. And in the past, I, I offered past life readings and cosmic guide readings separately, but I've learned that often they overlap mm. or they blend together somehow. So now I, I just ask a general question, okay, for this person um, who right now has a message that would benefit this person the most, and I see what comes forward and sometimes it's it's like now a unicorn, sometimes it's a past life version of this person, basically an aspect of their soul. And what happens is I basically I just go in meditation in, in a sort of a trance state and I'll start seeing an image of, of the being. They just come to me to basically like how I would meditate with my own guides and they they start a conversation with me and I see them. Mm-hmm. And then I then then at that point I can open my eyes and I'm always in front of my laptop, and so I close my eyes, connect with them, and I have the image, and I do automatic writing. So then I start to type, and it's basically them typing through me, and then they give me the entire message that they have for their person, and then uh, from that point on I can connect with that person for the duration of my time that I work with them. I don't have to go into trance or meditation anymore. I can always go back and connect and, and add more to the message or work on the portrait. And there's the conne- the connection is there then. It's really interesting. I mean, like, I think that um, <clears throat> we've all had, well, anybody that's kind of worked in our field or has had these kind of uh, spiritual revelations that have been, like you say, can be quite quite disturbing actually when you start to have them um, yeah. because there's that question of you know how how do I know that this is real? Am I you know am I schizophrenic? Am I having a, a mental breakdown? How do you how did you determine? Because um, I think this is something that's common come up for me certainly and certainly common with people that I've spoken to is they're always kind of like I'm not sure if I'm mad or if what is or what I'm dealing with is is real. What, how how do you come to the, the the conclusion that what you're dealing with is is real? Um, because <clears throat> I think that people that are not believers and people that haven't experienced these things, they tend to take this stuff a lot with a pinch of salt mm-hmm. until they actually sit in front of, say, a medium or a psychic or or somebody. You know, people you, people who are skeptics often are testing um, mm-hmm. testing people that work in spiritual fields or mediumship or whatever. Because they're saying, like, you know, if you can, if you can tell me something that you that is very specific, very clear, that is relational to me, then 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 it's proof that that what you're dealing with is factual. If you see what I mean. And I, I have a lot of people in my life that are very kind of skeptical, come from that kind of perspective. And for me, <clears throat> excuse me, I always think it's quite important to kind of test these things to see where stuff is coming from. Um, how, how did you come to, con- to the conclusion of what you were dealing with was was real and was something that was to an exterior to yourself, as it were, as an individual? Um, did you kind of test things, or did you have like a, a, do you have like an anecdote or something where it was what you received was so factual and so truthful for the person that you were talking to, or anything like that? You see what I mean? 
Yeah, yeah, it's just like there's too many coincidences or synchronicities, basically. Like, I'll, I'll see something, like one example, a person that I did a portrait uh, for, they didn't know at what time I was going to be tuning into their energy. And th there's a time difference. I'm in Belgium and this person was in the US. Mm -hmm. So she was asleep at the time that I was doing the reading. And I told her that one of these days next week, I will be tuning into your energy. But, but I wasn't sure yet. I didn't know what my schedule was going to be like. I said, I'll tune into your energy when I find the time and I will update you uh, about the reading. I will let you know. And um, at the moment that I was doing the reading, I was connecting to her picture. I was connecting to her energy and typing the reading. Her guide was coming through and I was typing. She was asleep in the US. And then I hadn't told her yet that I did the reading, but she messages me when she wakes up and she says, were you doing my reading? But this person is also a psychic, she's intuitive. And she says, because I saw you sitting at a white desk um, typing. I said, yeah, that's my, what my workspace looks like. I sit here at my desk and I type and exactly at the time that I was doing the reading, she was seeing it in her like between awake and asleep state like half asleep she could see me doing her reading and then um another example of, of my video is back on this portrait i still have to post this uh, the person whose guide this is is also intuitive she she meditates a lot and she has seen this guide before and she said i have a unicorn guide and I would like you to draw it. And I, I didn't get any more information because I also didn't want any more information. I said, okay, that's all. She says, I know she communicated to me the way she wants to be portrayed, the, how, what she wants to look like, the positions she wants to be in. So, and that's all she said. I said, okay, that's good. We'll see. So I tune in and I see this unicorn like coming at me and like stopping and like looking at me like at a 45 degree angle and you could see like the unicorn's hair is blowing in the wind and and you could see like all these colors and like the position of her head was kind of like tilted sideways like slightly looking down and i'm like okay so i t i tell that person yeah this is how she came to me and she looks like this and she has this golden glow all over her and then she goes that's exactly the way she told me that she wanted you to paint her he said okay good so you, that, that's just one of these things that you know you're not just making something up. This is actually real. And that's that's like, there's more examples like that. Or people that, um, that you do a reading for and then you don't know anything about them. Like this one person, I know that like the way they came through to me was almost like a tree. Mm. Like they were a tree. And I didn't know anything about this person. And then later you hear, yes, I'm always in nature and I feel at best when I'm in nature. Stuff like that. It's all these little things, all these little synchronicities. It's weird. I find it a lot, you know, like you say, <clears throat> sometimes um, I think that it, for me with my spiritual kind of pathway, sometimes I can get into a place of doubt where it's kind of doubting yourself, doubting what you're doing, doubting the situations that you've been in. You know, and, and sometimes when you're dealing, particularly with, uh, for, for me, I find that actually the majority of the people, that I'm the odd one, I find that I'm the oddball out of the majority of the people that I spend time with. And actually, there's very few people in my life who were on this spiritual path uh, with spiritual gifts. And actually, I don't know very many people in my life that, that have those things. So I'm kind of like the unicorn, <laughs> you know, of my of my of my people that I sort of see regularly. Um, and obviously we have day lives and, and, you know, I'm a lecturer and that doesn't really sort of, um, you know, pertain to being particularly spiritual or talking about these sorts of things. And I think that sometimes we can get ourselves into a situation where we, like I, I like Instagram um, for being able to connect with people like yourselves and like, and like being able to connect with, you know, people that are also on the same path. So then you don't feel like such an outcast. And I think that's probably something that's quite good from the internet that has come up. I think that, you know, for me, I think probably one of the biggest things is that thing about coincidence and about 
the synchronicities that that consistently happen time and time again that is like I can't explain what's happening or how I'm receiving this information but mm. I know the information that I'm receiving is right and and it, I suppose it's a bit sort of the same the same sort of situation for you really is it that that when we start down this path it's difficult to kind of reckon with but actually it comes through um kind of almost uh, anecdotal kind of testing it time and time again that these come to be that it comes to be factual and truthful um, I mean, I've seen quite recently that the, the whole kind of like Akashic Records, I think, has kind of blown up um, that I've seen kind of spiritually on the internet. Do you know Do you know where that originally kind of started to come from? Because it seems to be stuff that gets kind of put into the collective hive mind. I was talking to somebody uh, the other day about something and I'd said this phrase to somebody. And I was like, oh, that's a good phrase. Um, and it was like this moment of kind of intuitive... Uh, sort of intellect that I was like oh yeah that's good and then and then I saw it somebody else had said it two days you know, I saw something else saying on Instagram it seems to be that we have these kind of like collective downloads that are put into the minds of like you say people who are more attuned like maybe indigo children or, or, or whatever you know people want to identify themselves as um I forgot what I was going to say good lord I went right on a little ramble there um yeah where did you where do you find that do you have this uh, thing where like you kind of get these downloads and it seems like they're downloads that are put into the collective or do you with like things like the Acacia Records did you find that it was a situation that you'd heard it and then it was like the hearing had triggered something within you work how did how did that work with it you started to kind of get get into it or kind of find that yeah, so when all that stuff started happening to me, all these experiences, I started researching more and more and it seemed to work like kind of in cycles, like the more I was researching, the more it was awakening stuff inside of myself that, that I um, basically knowledge that that was already inside of me, but that was waking up because I was reading something about it, it was triggering knowledge that I already had yeah. because that's the thing when you read something or when you take a class with somebody you're not really learning anything new you're yeah. remembering things remembering. that you yeah and um, I think that's what's going on now for a lot of people now there's a time energetically on the planet that it is time for people to start remembering they all have that's what basically that's what it was like for me you make soul contracts with different people and you also have your life sort of planned out, kind of. You have the mission that you want to accomplish in your life as a soul. And you put key moments in your life, like on the timeline of, of your life. Mm. Like right now, my life as Deborah. Here's a key moment, here's a key moment, here's a key moment. Mm. And you're going to activate something there. You're going to unlock a part of that memory. And, and I think that's what's happening with all these people. That, that came in basically the generation that are the indigo children and they are now like my age in their 30s somewhere 40s maybe already and they're remembering and and more and more people are remembering these parts of themselves or intrigued by they, they know somewhere that there's more and that they they want to find out what it is and then they seek out people like me or other akashic records readers people or past life they go through uh past life regressions stuff like that to remember and and often it's by going to those people that you will start to remember spontaneously afterwards and and i think that's what's going on right now the more we um, reach out to people that can help us the more we also will remember spontaneously mm. and it's happening to people all over like that, just the word, the remembering, it's like bringing yourself back as a member to something. It's, it's yeah. not, you know, when you're thinking about the, the word, I think language is really, really important. And I think when you think about, when you were saying what you were saying, I was getting like um, shivers, I call them like God pimples, because it's like, ooh, you know, you, that, that's kind of like um, very much the spirit kind of giving you a tickle to say, hey, that's right, you know. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I think that like that whole thing about remembering, like bringing yourself back to the member of, of, of the group, of being part of the collective. And I think mm -hmm. that, I think that, yeah, there's this, it does seem to be this kind of level of that people, uh, people are kind of reborn back into this life of, of, of tangibility 
for whatever reason, like you say, to fulfill soul contracts, to, I mean, I feel that perhaps my soul had this purpose of, like you say, with the, the along the timeline, like I can look back very clearly and look at really bloody traumatic sort of things that have happened in my life. And actually those traumatic things have been triggers for the healing and the growth of where I am now. And, and you know, I say to, um, you know, once my clients, to a lot of my clients, when you start to process the trauma, actually, you become grateful for it because it's created you to be where you are now. And it's like a building block of, of where you need to go to. And I can see very clearly on my sort of soul line, you know, the triggers of these, um, you know, traumatic instances that triggered growth in me. And I think that, you know, we, it seems like we have, I, but I, I'm not sure why, why it seems an odd thing because it's like, you know, if there is this gal galactic kind of thing going on and this multi-dimensional thing going on, what's the, you know, for me, I, I always kind of thought about this world as being a place where the soul can come to play because when we're in this format, actually we get to enjoy the experience of, of tangibility, which we don't have when we're in our multi-dimensional soul basis. Because when we're out there and we're doing that, actually what we are is in effect kind of ether and that we don't have physical form. We can take a form, but we don't have the physical form. And so I think that, and I think that there's also a, a differentiation when we're out there is that, or back in soul form, is that actually there isn't this shift between the dark and the light. There's only the light, there's only that side of things. And so you can only feel peace, you can only feel happiness, you can only feel joy. Um, and so when we come here, as much as people go, oh God, isn't it traumatic, isn't this bad stuff happening? Actually for your soul, that's enjoyment because it's like you're getting to feel the two sides of, of that tangibility and the beautiful, uh, you know, the beautifulness of, like you can't see the darkness without light. And so you have to kind of be able to kind of get, get thrown into this traumatic, awful situation to be able to feel joy. And so it's almost like a playtime for the soul down here. Now that's that's what I think. I don't know. I don't know what you think about that, but I think that what's interesting is if if we've got these soul lines and and you know we have these soul contracts, which then in turn, to my mind, creates an ideology that we have a purpose on this on this earth um, to do something. What what's the what do you think that purpose could be? Because if it's a case that we we all just die and we go back up to multi-dimensional spirit or, or whatever, what's the purpose of, of all this? Because it's it's you know, what's the purpose of the soul contract? I mean you to say to 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 create, you know, to elevate the collective uh, you know intelligence, loving or heart or whatever. What, what would be the point if we all just kind of come here to, to die to go back up to that? What, what, what are your thoughts on that? It's a big question. <laughs> but, uh, you know, what are your thoughts on that? You might have some, obviously, when you deal with the Kashuk records, perhaps there's something that you, you can give some insight into, into that. What do you think? Wow, that is a really big question big indeed. Question. <laughs> I, don't, I don't do small talk, sorry. But it's. It, yeah, it, that's it, fine. That's it, awesome. Uh, yeah, I think. It's always, we are always meant to better ourselves because we are then bettering source energy because we're here as source. We're just a part of source sending itself to earth, which is the toughest school mm. ever. So it sends itself as a little piece in a body in the densest possible reality there is going through a veil of for complete forgetfulness to then remember that you are source energy, to then remember that you always are a sovereign being of light, that you are light, and to remember who you are, and then take all this knowledge, all these lessons, all this stuff that you've learned with you and go back to source and just add more light and knowledge to source. Mm. And, and basically to always just expand because the universe is always expanding and to just expand with knowledge all the time, expand with light all the time and learn and grow and go back and do it all over again and, and just keep on growing and adding more light. Mm. That's basically what I think 
we're meant to do here, but who really knows what it is that we're meant to do here? <laughs> no, I mean, I agree with you. I've always had this kind of feeling that, you know, I've, I've explained on other things that it's kind of like this um, sort of a jellyfish, you know, and the source is like the head and we're all the kind of tentacles. Yeah. And it feels like, you know, we're all sitting there just going like, oh, I'm a tentacle. And it's like, no, you're attached to the main, yeah. <laughs> to the main part. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's quite a good sort of representation of, of, of kind of what Source is doing. I saw this one other wonderful one of like finger puppets on the hand of God, you know, and it was yeah. like each finger is like, well, I'm a finger, I'm a finger. And it's like, no, you're on the hand of God kind of playing itself out in many different ways to experience itself in life. But then it's that that in itself kind of leads into that kind of because when, when I what I've read about Keshet Records is, is, is almost like that with each person, I mean, I did a meditation on it where we kind of went in and we, you, you're in this library and you're kind of going through this kind of meditational process where you're looking and you pick up your book and you take open your book and you, and you see what's within it. Um, and so it kind of, uh, the difficulty is, I suppose, is that you're trying to explain to, like you say, the densest, most tangible, most individual creature and you're trying to explain to it in its own understanding, which is of this 3D world, what the hell we're talking about on a spiritual cosmic basis. And so it's very difficult for us to be able to kind of deal with this stuff without putting it into these very kind of linear 3D terms, which mm -hmm. actually kind of distracts from the message in a way. Because when you're, think when you're thinking about this whole thing about like Akashic Records and you're thinking like, oh, you know, it's kind of like your own personal library that's kind of got a book and it kind of leads you into like your history and, and these kind of timelines ideas, obviously you're putting it into like a 3D ideology and, and that in itself kind of causes the problem because it isn't a 3D ideology. And like you say, when you're dealing with like that the, there is one thing that is many things, it, that kind of confuses it a little bit because you're thinking, well, if I'm if I'm an individual and I have my own timeline and my own Akashic record, how does that relate to the fact that I'm also part of the collective and I'm also just source? Because then it's kind of like you're trying to split one thing into many things, and and surely if that were if we were looking at the kind of Akashic records, surely there should only be one. Akashic record for everyone. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. What do you yeah, think and about that? How, I mean, you know more about it than I do with, it, with Akashic records. Like, is it is it all just one person has one thing, and 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 then it kind of, you know, it's broken down in that way because of the way that we're trying to explain things to a three D creature. Yeah, that's the the thing is if you're like trying to talk to somebody here, you're trying to explain it to like your uncle or to the guy like next door and they ask you, what is Akashic Records? Then I would say, yes, it's the soul's library. You all have your own individual file, basically in the filing cabinet of source energy. And that's your file right there. And that's all your stuff. You can put that away. And then this person has a, another file and, and you can look in their file basically but that's that's the thing it's not like that energetically mm. and i also mm. don't really look at it as i'm gonna go through your individual book because your book is connected to their book and their book and their book and then it's connected in different levels to that lifetime on that level and then you're connected to everyone basically so and like a page in the whole book of everything yeah, and it's more yeah. like you could look at it more like um a field of flowers and you're one flower but you are influenced by all kinds of elements like the rain, the wind. You are influencing everything around you and everything around you is influencing you. Mm. So it's you're a part of a bigger whole thing and you can work on your your trauma basically by going to the Akashic Records, your blocks by going to the Akashic Records on your past lives. And then you, your energy that you are creating by doing that is going to influence somebody else. So you're never really working on your individual Akashic records because you're working for the collective. Like on that level, you're working on your ancestral line, your bloodline. You're healing things for your ancestors. Uh, you're already working in different timelines then. And then you're also healing something for like cosmically. You may be healing something 
uh, that's past life related. And the thing is, your past life may have been in another star system in the future because time doesn't really exist. So you're healing something that's, that's bigger than Earth. Mm. And then you're healing something basically for for like on the great level of source energy, trying to just bring more light back to itself. So if you're doing something for you, you're never really doing it just for you. You're, you're healing it on like the level of source energy because mm. you are source energy. It's so, it's, I mean, I, I don't know whether the listeners are keeping up because some of it is really high level kind of stuff to kind of think about. It's very philosophical as well as being kind of quite metaphysical, which is quite difficult for, for yeah. you know, I know a lot of people, I, I know I've thought a lot about this sort of stuff. I was having a conversation with my partner about I'm reading the Bible at the moment. Um, and I was looking at a lot of the kind of things that have been said in it. And I was like, to be honest, it sounds more like they're having visitations from galactic beings or spirit beings rather than it being this, you know, that the, the Lord within its single omnipotent yeah. force is coming down to talk and walk because I, I don't think that's possible. I don't think that the Lord, as in source, could come and walk yeah. with us because that's in some format of attempting to take everything that is. It's like, you know, you it's like, um, I don't know, like trying to be, be I, I think like when it says, it talks about kind of the, um, that we've been created in the image of the creator. I think that something's interesting I kind of like to think about is actually my human body. And I think about how many creatures are within my body. And I know like people think, well, that sounds a bit gross. But if you think about the fact that we've got, you know, tiny bacteria all over us, like my gut is, is full of it, you know, full of bacteria yeah. and flora. And without them, everything goes to hell. And I think about that and I think it's like, it's almost as if me as Laura was attempting to walk in my gut with the flora as being one with the floor it's impossible because i am the house of of the thing and i think it's a bit like that when we're looking at kind of like you know the almost that that we are housed in within god um and that the whole universe is is god is 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 kind of like as if we're in his brain in its brain in its synapses and it's and i think you can see some of this beauty when you look at kind of things like um from like the macro to micro you, you see things like you know the, the the parts of the brain that look like nebula um or or things like mm. you know sink holes in water that looks like looks like the eye and things like that you know yeah. I've always, I've always had, geometry yeah yeah and it's it like comes you, back but it is it's, it's almost like we are or like not bacteria but it's almost like we're the bacteria within mm. within god where we're all the universe within a universe within yeah. another universe like and it's always expanding and multiplying itself and and we are just a universe like on, on like we are a universe yeah. to another universe and and it just keeps going like that and jesus by the way was super metaphysical <laughs> he like his teachings he would he would use parables, but what he was really doing, he was explaining metaphysical teachings in really simple ways for for normal people to understand. Mm. That's what he was trying to do. Yeah, I mean, and I he, said about he came down here very clearly yeah. now. I think. Yeah, like yeah. with the fish multiplying the bread and the fish, he was basically using law of attraction. Mm. <laughs> and it's it's interesting. I think that you know, I think a lot of people kind of. I, what I what I always find sad is this kind of dichotomy between spiritualism and religion. And although I think organized religion has become bastardized quite a lot because it's been taken on by man and and man has used it for the, it, its own individual corruption. Um, I think that actually they run quite nicely parallel or the same with science and spiritualism mm -hmm. and religion. I don't think that these things are antithesis to each other. I think actually, you know, when you look at things like the Big Bang, I think that very nicely explains actually what they're trying to talk about in Genesis, <laughs> you know? Yeah. The same thing as when we talk about, you know, the spiritualism of the, 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 the source had a thought and created itself, you know, and, and in the beginning there was nothing and then there became something else. That's kind of explained through law of attraction, is explained through metaphysics. It's explained through um, the book of, you know, the book of Genesis. Is right. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not. I'm probably more Christian-based and understanding than maybe speaking about the Quran or, or any other kind of things. But you know, obviously, the same thing with the Torah, very much linked to to the book of Genesis and the Old Testament as well. 
And I think that it's a shame that we're all kind of arguing. And again, this is that human tribalism where we want to be like, I'm the right one. And it's like, we're all the right one. And we're all talking about the same thing. I've always said to people, you know, it's like, we're all looking at this glass. I'm looking at the glass, you're looking at the glass. You see it from one way, I see it from the other way. But we're still looking at the same bloody glass. You know, you'll be yeah. saying, oh, it looks like this to me and I can see that bit. And I'll be saying, well, this it looks like this. We're all talking about the same thing. And I think that it's a shame that we don't try to pull all religions and all spiritualistic ideas back into each other and actually recognize that, you know, their prophets are our prophets and that we're all kind of trying to discuss the same thing, which is this wonderful universe that we live in. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that the ego, the human ego is the thing that tends to disconnect us from, from ourselves a lot and from each other, which is, which is a shame. Um, do you find that, you know, these, these, other beings that you kind of i don't know how you would describe them uh, you know galactic people or or are they are these are they sort of living in that untangible unphysical form and they're coming to you within a form because that's how you understand it do you think or is it that there are kind of like multiverses that are out there that's like a whole other world that is that's kind of similar to ours, but, but different, and they're able to kind of cross, cross across the veil. What, what do you Yeah, think? I think it's like how you, you described, how you just described, like some of these guides, they, they can move through time and space in a way that they can be, they can bilocate, so they can be in their like environment where they live most of the time, but because they're non-physical or less physical than we are they can also be a guide to somebody here so they can have their own life in their own like star system where they're living and they can also choose as a part of their individual mission to assist a human or a person on the planet because we are going through this ascension process and they're helping us because they are basically our galactic family like uh, Pleiadian or Syrian or Arcturian uh, guides. Hmm. They often will remain in their own environment, but they can just like how one moment you can be right here and another moment they're right there or they're just at two places at the same time because they can do that. We can do that. We just forgot all about that. Yeah. And, <clears throat> and we're also too physical right now to really do that. But when you're not, no longer on a physical level like we are, you can do that easily. So I find that most um, of these beings are in their location, but they are also with their person that they're guiding. And a lot of the time, these beings, like the Syrians or the Pleiadians, they are um, in their own star systems or they, they reside on motherships, basically large motherships. And they can communicate with their people here, basically telepathically, those who are open to receiving their cosmic guides they can have telepathic contact with them and they're preparing them. They're basically giving them downloads, assisting them in waking people up here on the planet to help like elevate the planet to a higher level to guide us through this ascension. And that is how they are keeping contact with everyone here. And a lot of people that aren't even spiritual, that aren't aware of their multidimensional nature they have galactic guides that are whispering in their ear and they don't even know they just they're just like oh i just had this great idea oh i'm gonna go do that but it's actually one of their spirit guides yeah and, i've seen that a lot this yeah. summer with the with the lockdown and stuff i think the lockdown has definitely brought in quite a mass collective shift actually and i've seen people that i've always kind of been the weird one who's definitely looking at things differently um and and seeing people who are who I wouldn't describe as being asleep, but that's probably as easy as you could sort of say, like you say, unconscious to the fact that they're anything other than a human being, um, you know, and they, those people are having these kind of, like they're saying, like they've just, oh, I've just seen it differently in lockdown. I just see, like, why am I a, why am I a slave to this system? And I think that mm -hmm. it's quite interesting. I think that we are going through this shift where actually the collective is considering moving from where we the trajectory that we've been on because the trajectory that humankind has been on with this planet is one of self-indulgence of of egocentricity and of destroying the planet that we're living on in effect and yes not everybody has been has been on that you know has been on that bandwagon but i think there has been a huge amount of push 
for that. And I, I wonder if the people that are doing it are as unconscious as they seem because you think about kind of like but i think it's just maybe that the, the system's broken you know and that we put into power people who are, shouldn't be in power and so because they're not connected to themselves they're not connected to themselves, they're unconscious of that um they push from the human ego and, and that can only kind of lead to where we are now which is people enslaved in systems that don't serve them um, that wrecked the planet, you know, it's, 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 it's mad, the, the world that we're living in at this current moment in time. But I have seen kind of quite a collective shift, I think, that people are waking up and kind of recognizing that what we're doing is madness. You know, the, the systems that we're in is, is mad. You know, of spending time going out to work and you, you pay, you, to pay for a house that you never live in, you know, to keep up with people you don't really care about, you know, to have money that doesn't really serve you, doesn't really do anything. You know, I think that if you, if you look at kind of a bartering system, it seems to be actually a lot more functional in effect than, than maybe what we're doing at the moment. And I think a lot up until now, it's almost kind of radical. People have thought that as being a radical kind of idea. But I think if we worked as a collective, you know, like people have got lawns, like I've got a gravel frontage on my house, you know, we've got, you know, this, this plot of land and it's just got gravel on it, <laughs> you know, and you think, well, why am I not growing food out there? Why are we not doing that? Why are we not living in these collective kind of ideologies where we're serving ourselves and serving each other? And I think that when we went down into lockdown, actually, it's probably the first time a lot of people met their neighbours. And we had a thing in the UK where people were going out and clapping for the NHS, which was it's just bollocks, really. Yeah, they did the same thing and, here. Yeah, pay them and fund it. Don't go out and clap it for Thursday, you know. But anyway, it was kind of a nice thing that people were coming out and seeing each other. And, and I think for some people, that was the first opportunity that they met the people that they were living next yeah. Because of the, the, you know, the crushing of the systems and uh, the that we've had with networks and social sociality, I think that a lot of people have, have started to go and check on their elderly neighbours. I know I've, I've got elderly neighbours on uh, on one side and I was going over, do you need any food or anything? And I, that's, that was something new that was in that crisis. It wouldn't have ever kind of gone over if it wasn't, you know, because you just think, oh, people don't need me. I'll let them get on with it. <laughs> you know, and, and I think that through this crisis, actually, we've all kind of recognised that we do need each other, that things that happen on the other side of the world do impact us on this side of the world because I think mm -hmm. people think they live in this kind of you know insular bubble that you know oh it's the UK oh it's Belgium oh it's China whatever but it's like no yeah. we're living in this bubble that is this world you know and I think that that's come to into the collective quite a lot and I think that some of the other things that people have realized is, is that they are enslaved to a system that doesn't work is broken is going to lead to fatality for all of us and I think that's quite, this has been huge this year. And I think that a lot of people have dealt with it very well because actually it's been quite traumatic for a lot of people. And obviously we've lost a lot of people to suicide in lockdown because they can't really cope with the change from where they, where they thought they were and who they thought they were to where they are now. Do you feel that that's something that has kind of like been created for our like multi-dimensional universe kind of timeline? To say that this is the time that's happening i know that me and a lot of the spiritual people that i i know have all been like it's coming <laughs> you know that like this year we're all like it's coming and we're excited about it but a lot a lot of other people have to kind of funding this traumatic do you feel yeah. something's kind of happening for us rather than to us yeah basically the way you can look at it is you can look at it from a very uh earth 3d perspective and it's like oh this is a terrible time 2020 was a horrible year but actually this is the cocoon phase okay. you know that the, the caterpillar goes into the cocoon and then comes out this beautiful butterfly basically if you look at it from a higher perspective our guides our spirit team everybody over there that is in higher dimensions is clapping their hands right now they're all going like this they're like yes you're doing it you're doing it they're, they're finally going through the transformation this was um determined in time that this was going to happen this was supposed to happen because this is basically we're leveling up we're all leveling up this is like how you will have a spiritual awakening. I'll have a spiritual awakening on an individual level. But this is a collective spiritual awakening. And it was meant to happen now. Because from now till um, 2024 is a time of awakening. Slow awakening, slow emerging out of the cocoon. And like in five years, our world is going to look completely different. Systems are going to start to crumble. 
the educational system is going to start to completely shift and change. Professional situation, like people are going to be working from home way more. They're going to be realizing, I hate my job. I want to do something that makes me happy. I don't like my job. I don't like being away from home for eight hours a day. This sucks. Mm. And, and people are now, it's like a snowball effect. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger and there's no way back. People that have seen that it can be done differently, they're not going to want to go back yeah. to their old lives. No, I think so, people are saying, oh, when are we get back to the way we were? So, well, I think that, no, we don't want to be in kind of like, you know, lockdown in our houses. I, I admit we like freedom is important, but at this current moment in time, actually, it's necessary for us because we're going through that process. And I, I, you know, I spoke to you before Christmas and I said, you know, we were both taking time off over the Christmas period. And yeah. I was like, oh, I'm going to be back on it like the beginning of January. And I was like, I'm not ready to come back in the beginning of January. I'm barely ready at this current moment in time. Um, and I'm thinking like, okay, maybe February, end of February, I might start to look at kind of picking back up doing a bit more than what I've been doing because I've been exhausted, I've been tired. And I've, I personally, as an individual, have been in this kind of situation where actually to integrate the stuff that has happened over the last year, and I've had Saturn return to my sign with Uranus, which are both my ruling planets, which is just like mind-blowing for me. Mm -hmm. um, and last year, from about May to still now, I had this weird kind of process where I fell back into who I was when Saturn was last in my sign. And she wasn't a particularly helpful or healthy person uh, back when Saturn came around. And what I recognized is actually this year was this whole process of actually tying up loose knots and that it was like things that I thought had been kind of left to the wayside or had been dealt with or whatever and actually had almost just been disconnected because at that time I was like, I'm done, I'm done with this at the moment, I'm going to move on. Actually, some of this stuff was still yep. lingering and was needing to be dealt with. And I, I, I mean, I'm still doing this kind of process of like tying off you know, it's like, um, you know, when they like have an artery and they cut you and it's like they, they tie off the ends of the artery to sort of bleeding into the wound. I feel it's like there were, I, that's why I think I am within my individual self, but also with this collective shift is that we're almost kind of like, you know, cauterizing the wound at this current moment in time. So then it's like, because it, we've just gone through this kind of shift where it's like, oh my God, we're all bleeding out and it feels like everything's gone mm -hmm. to hell. And actually we're cauterizing it and now we're starting now this process of the healing journey where it's like it's slowly beginning to kind of scab yeah. over, like you say. It looks messy. And, yeah, it looks messy right now, yeah. Yeah. And it's like my friend used this analogy that it's kind of like um uh that it's like order from chaos, which is which is very common. Um, but it was like, you know, at the moment, it's like the wave is, is cresting, you know, and in that moment, the, the water is like, it's, it's rampant, it's, ra you know, and it turns, as it turns into the wave, it's like, it's all the particles, everything is just fierce and violent and, and like, holy shit, what's going on? And then once that wave is crested and has broken, actually, that's when it turns into something quite calm that laps mm. the floor. And I think this 2020 has been that, the, the breaking of the wave. And I think that we're not going to go back to where we were. And I don't think we should do. We were destroying our planet. We were destroying each other. And we were not living in a world that was kind and loving towards each other. And I think that actually some of the beauty of this has been a recognition that we can all work together for the greater good. That when I serve my fellow man, um, that's when I'm happiest and when he's happiest. When we all serve the collective instead of this dog-eat-dog, crap actually we all have what we need and I think actually kind of being locked in your house for six months or well nearly a year now you know I think people actually recognize how little that they need you know the clothes have become dysfunctional yeah, yeah. their yeah. priorities have shifted yeah I mean like I've got beautiful shoes beautiful handbags beautiful stuff no no I haven't worn any of that I keep getting up wearing the same old crap that's comfy to sit on the sofa yeah because you're not going anywhere anyway <laughs> yeah I barely wear makeup anymore you know all of these things that were kind of felt to be very important have just kind of fallen to the wayside because actually the things that are important is have I got food to eat yeah okay you know people worried about toilet paper doing a whole toilet paper crisis <laughs> you know you think this is so ridiculous. You'd never go and find people spending thousands of pounds on toilet paper and all of a sudden at the break of this crisis, the only thing that everybody wanted was loo roll. It was just like, it, it, suddenly the priorities have just completely changed. 
Mm-hmm. And, and it's just, it's so interesting to see these people, particularly, the, you know, the people who are running after things are, are, tend to be the slightly more unconscious ones and running from their human ego. But I think that they certainly had a wake-up call about the priorities that they had in their lives and what they were finding important. Um, yeah. You see, it's, it's very, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see where we go from here, but it's, it's difficult trying to not sometimes get back into the fear. I think a lot of people are feeling a lot of fear at the mm-hmm. moment. Yeah, and that's the thing, that's the system is trying to take advantage of this crisis by instilling fear. And I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist or anything, but that is the thing that they know that they that they, their time is over, basically, like the, the systems that are in place. They, they're trying to just basically uh, create the last bit of drama that they can, but it's not working. People are waking up and... Um, it's like I have this quote that I use, the trajectory has been solidified. What I mean is like it's been solidified. There's no way back. Mm. The timeline is set for ascension. There is no turning back from planetary ascension right now. Everyone is waking up little by little. And those of us that are already fully awake or that have realized, okay, there's way more than just our little bodies on planet Earth like you and me. It's up to us now to help all these other people. And that is why I've completely like embraced that this is just what I have to do. And I'm here to help all these people that are now realizing like, oh my God, this this year being isolated, my life is not at all what I thought it was. There is so much more going on. I had all this time to think and I'm not just this little person here. I'm not identified by my job. I'm not identified by the clothes I wear. And I, I need to find out who I really am. And everyone now collectively is realizing I need to find out who I am. That I think that's on that. If there's one question that is on everyone's mind right now, it's who am I really? And what am I doing here? And more and more people are asking themselves that question. And now it's up to people like you and me, because I know for sure you've got more like requests from people that want to work with you this year. And and I have too, because, because this crisis is triggering people to find out who they are on a spiritual level. I think it's very interesting. I think like um, when you were talking then, I was thinking about kind of the process that people are going through. Um, and it's just, it's, 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 when you were saying about trying to work out who you are, I think the more that I kind of like moved out of my conditioning and I, I what I did was I went back to who I was when I was a child. You know, I, I, I'm writing a book at the moment at the beginning. It says about, you know, who, who, who were you before you were told who to be? You know, and it's like actually, I, you know, the things that I enjoyed when I was a kid, you know, spending time on my own, um, making music, you know, singing, dancing, doing all these things that I enjoyed, actually, that's who I'm going back to being. Um, almost in this very kind of heartfelt, lovely way of, of returning back to my child self. And I think that, like you say, what we do is we go through this veil of forgetting. And I think that the children are much more open. Um, I knew when, you know, when I was a kid, I was astral traveling every night, didn't know what the hell it was. I, was I used to say to my sister, oh, I can fly. And she was like, yeah, yeah I can fly. I, I do it every night. She was like, well, go on, then show me. And obviously my physical form was not possible to do. Yeah. To do. And, and, and recently I, I spent years wanting to be able to go back into astral traveling. And I went through a process where it was just like, I grew up to a point where I forgot my, forgot everything. And I forgot how to yeah. do it. And I became blocked to seeing the things I was seeing, experiencing the things I was doing. And I think maybe in the last couple of years, I've had incidences where I've gone back to being able to ask mm-hmm. the people, which is, which is really enjoyable. Um, but again, not something I've been able to do like intentionally. Um, and like you said with you, the spiritual gifts, um, psychic gifts, being able to feel other people's um, things. You know, I can see with my clients, I can see what's wrong with them. I know what's wrong with them. And I can, it's like, it's it's just a knowing. I just say like, look, you're not telling the truth here. This is what's going on, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you can tell when somebody's not being sincere, yeah. Yeah, and, 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 and they're looking at me and I'm like, I know what you're, and it's like I can feel what their problem is. It's like I'm sitting in their body and I'm like, this is your problem and it's because of your mother, isn't it? And I'm like, I don't know where I'm getting this information from and I say it to them and they're just like, holy shit, you know? <laughs> they're like, how do you know? It's like, I don't know, I just, I just know, <laughs> you know? But I think, I think that a lot of us are kind of waking up. I think that I've, you know, like I was talking about my partner, um, he's not hugely 
spiritual, I'm very skeptical about a lot of stuff. And he's had moments when he's kind of certainly having collective realizations that I'm saying something that's very out there and bizarre to him. And then he's, and he's going, yeah, I agree. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, when I first met him, um, he was very much like, I want to live in the city. I want to do this. I want to do that. And I'm like, that sounds like hell to me. Um, I want to, um, you know, have a homestead uh, and, a, and like a farm, obviously not killing animals, but just loving them. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, you know, the, where we grow our own food and things. And, and over the summer, he was like, I, this is what I want to do now. And this is where we're heading. This is our plan now. So we're all planning for this. And it's for, from from my perspective, for somebody who is very much entrenched in society, very much entrenched in you know the understanding of who he was as a an individual within the matrix within the machine. Actually, now that's not what he wants, and and now we have this collective goal between us, which is really beautiful to kind of aim for. I mean, what would you suggest? As somebody that speaks to the galactic beings, as somebody that's multidimensional and be able to communicate, have you got any kind of wise words as we finish up for people to deal with what's going on in the collective, what's going on individually, and, and, and kind of helping them to process what's going on at the moment? Have you got any wise words for the listeners? Yeah, if, if you're listening and you feel fear coming up or you feel like you don't have control, just outsource it to source outsource to source because the thing is you can have your life all figured out and have this plan the universe always has a better plan and you are always supported you have so many beings like assisting you in this lifetime whether you see them or not trusting that you are always held in light that you are always supported that you can ask for help and you don't have to see like the whole trajectory of what what your life is going to be like you don't have to see the whole thing if you can see like one step at a time and then take that step and then you can another step will reveal itself and it will reveal itself and also don't plan ahead too long ahead because your plans are going to change anyway yeah. and the thing is you're always going to end up where you have to be in any moment in your lifetime and it's always going to be for your your highest and best and you're always going to be supported and just have faith don't get caught up in news media now with all this covid stuff don't watch the news try to go inward because you already have all the knowledge that you need if you don't just turn off the tv and go meditate right. meditate and just see how that makes you feel. If something also make, if something makes you feel anxious in your body, like you're feeling tense, then then don't listen to it. It's not it's not aligning with your your inner being. It's not resonating with you. It's not true. Go within and see how you feel. And it's by lifting your vibration that you're going to make it through. It's not by listening to the news because that's going to lower your vibration and it's going to instill fear. And you are going to lower your immune system by lowering your vibration. And if you don't want to get sick, what you need to do is level up your immune system by leveling up your vibration. And just, yeah, listen to your inner voice more than you listen to voices on the outside. That's basically what I would say to people. Very wise words. I mean, I, I certainly shut off uh, uh, the news, I think, last March. I can remember, I don't really watch the news. I never really have. I've always thought it's a load of crap, to be honest. Um, and I'd rather not pollute my mind with such levels of negativity because it is always negative. Yeah. It's sensationalism. It's the nature of the beast. Um, and I think that when, when kind of the pandemic started happening, I certainly started to watch and I was like, oh my God, you know, I need to kind of pay attention to this. In about two weeks, I was quite frenetic, quite anxious and feeling like everyone's going to die, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, and, and it was, and, and it's like, yeah, don't feed that beast, you know, don't feed that, that within yourself that, that continues to kind of make you more anxious, make you more worried. Uh, even, even, if the, even if it's truthful or whatever, the point of it is, is that, you know, when you're worried, when you're anxious, like you say, it brings your immune system down. It makes mm. you stressed. Um, and that's the last thing you need um, at this mm. moment when there's infections going around. It's, you know, it's just look after yourself, stay within the light, meditate, take time out for yourself, salt baths, standing outside in the sun and fresh yeah. food. You think, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how much worse you could get from that, really. Um, so, yeah, you've got to do got to do what you've got to do. And I think at the moment is, is focusing on yourself as an individual and taking some of that sovereignty back, like you said, of being mm -hmm. aware that you're a sovereign being that can control what comes in 
from the outside. Um, it's funny, actually, I'm writing a book at the moment called um, The Gatekeeper of Your Mind, and it talks about being that person, about not what you're allowing in. I'm, I'm nearly finishing mm -hmm. it, trying to finish it and try and release it in the next couple of months. Um, but it is about that kind of process of attempting to stop things coming into your inner sanctum, mm -hmm. and what it is that we allow in. You determine what vibration you want to be in. And like nobody else can determine that for you. You are sovereign. So the news cannot determine how you should feel. And also, if you are in your light, if you are balanced, other people, it's like we said before, everything's connected. You're going to like rub off on these other people and they're going to see, they're going to feel that you're calm, that you're balanced. And they're going to be like, I want to be like that. I should pay attention to what they're doing because they're doing something that is helping them. Mm. Yeah, I, I think I think for me, I haven't had too traumatic an experience, and I, like I said, I've had uh, quite a lot of kind of uh, ties that have had to be tied off, and and that's been mm. very stressful over the last year, particularly working from home and all all of that sort of stuff. But actually, for, for me, I haven't. I don't feel like it's been, you know, tremendously terrible. And I think mm. actually parts of it I've really thoroughly enjoyed, and actually it's been quite a nice break from going outside and doing all this sort yeah. of thing. I think Same thing for me. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it's the thing you put on it, isn't it? It's like you can either t look at something as being your prison or you can look at it as being, uh, you know, a motivator for change. And I think that for me, it's been, I wanted to look at it as being a motivator for change of looking at the things that needed to be, be finalized and fixed, as it were. Well, thank mm -hmm. you ever so much, Deborah. It's like, really wonderful to talk to you again. It's nice. We, we've, we've done two very different topics. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, so how can people get in touch with you? Should they want to, obviously, I'll put links and things below. But it, how, if you've got details about where people can find you, if they'd like to get a reading or a portrait or... Uh, I'm most active on Instagram, and um, that's just at Mystic Wolf Soulcraft. It's just all one one long word. And um, yeah, or my website, that's just basically mysticwolfsoulcrafts.com. And either through either one of those uh, ways, you can contact me and read more about me and what I do. Uh, yeah, and YouTube, but I'm not really that active on YouTube. But Instagram is mainly the place where I'm most active. Yeah, I love I love looking at your portraits and things. So I think I'm thinking I might, might might have to get one actually to see what uh, <laughs> what my what you see for me would be quite interesting. Um, yeah, so thank you ever so much for being on again, Deborah. It's lovely to speak to you. Um, and I'll put links for everybody below um, for for your website and for your links to Instagram and obviously tag you and, and things as well. But thank you ever so much for coming. Thank you. It was awesome again, and we will have to do this again. Yeah, I think we'll have to do it regularly. Actually, it's quite nice to just check in with somebody who's on a different. Um, wavelength like you say it kind of checks you back in yeah, this also lifts the vibration up talking to somebody that's on the same level creates a third like energy bubble of positivity yeah 